Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 90, which represents Day 7, the last day of our countdown to Christmas, is entitled The First Witnesses of the Birth of Christ. For information on the birth of Jesus, we turn to the Gospels of Luke and Matthew. I suppose that in most Christian households, the story of the birth of Christ as told by Luke, with his exquisite language, is the favorite. However, before we come to the actual birth, let's consider Luke chapter 1. Some very important preparation is made. First, the angel Gabriel appears to Zacharias, a priest, whose duty was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Luke records, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias is old, and his wife past childbearing. Therefore he doubts Gabriel. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. I am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. Imagine the majesty of that moment. When Gabriel informs Zacharias that he is an angel who stands in the presence of God, and God himself sent Gabriel to speak to him. Such an experience is beyond comprehension. Gabriel, however, is impatient with Zacharias' unbelief. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people waited for Zacharias, and marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as the days of his ministration were accomplished, he departed to his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and hid herself five months, saying, Thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me, to take away my reproach among men. Luke 1, 11-25 Six months later, the same angel Gabriel made another important visit. Again, Luke informs us. And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, 
Thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Though Mary is a direct descendant of the line of David, she is of humble birth and is understandably puzzled by Gabriel's salutation. Gabriel explains to Mary just who this Christ child really is. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Mary has greater cause for doubt, for she is not married. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Mary is informed that God will be the Father. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Considering that nothing like this has ever happened before, Mary's simple faith is remarkable. It is clear that she is filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, and has testimony that what the angel Gabriel said is true. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Luke one twenty six through 38 Immediately, Mary travels into the hill country, into a city of Judah, to visit her cousin Elizabeth. It was an incredible occasion for both special women. And Mary arose in those days, and went into the hill country with haste, into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias, and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. The following words of Elizabeth must have been a great comfort to Mary, for her cousin Elizabeth became a second witness to who the Christ child really was. And she spake out with a loud voice, and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as thy voice of salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Luke 1, 39-47 We must turn to Matthew to discover how Joseph, Mary's fiancé, handled the news. In real life, considering the times, it would have been a horrendous thing for a fiancé to suddenly discover that his future wife was pregnant and not with his own child. It would have been public humiliation for Mary. But Joseph, even before he knew the truth, was not of that mind. Matthew records, 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Matthew 1, 18-19 It appears that the heartbroken Joseph wanted to spare Mary any public embarrassment. However, being the righteous man that he was, he was receptive to the Spirit of the Lord. Matthew records, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Though it doesn't say, there can be no question that the angel who appeared unto Joseph in a dream was also Gabriel, for it says, The angel of the Lord appeared unto him. It is obvious that Gabriel is the angel appointed by God to announce such great news. Gabriel was obviously an angel in very high standing with the Lord. In addition, Joseph is now part of the great plan of salvation. He now knows who Jesus is and what his role will be in the future. Joseph, like Mary, is also of royal birth. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Matthew 1.20-25 Joseph obviously was as great in the eyes of the Lord as was Mary, and his behavior from that point on was nothing less than heroic. Luke's account of the birth of Jesus is without a doubt some of the most often quoted scriptures in the four Gospels, especially around Christmas time. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. But the high drama appears to be among the specially chosen shepherds. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Luke 2, 8-14 The lowly shepherds become another witness of Christ. The shepherds leave their flock and hasten to see the baby Jesus. 
And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the sayings which were told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Luke 2, 15-20 Following the birth of Jesus, according to Jewish custom, the following important events occur. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the wound shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. In the temple, two great miracles occur that give further testimony to the divinity of Jesus Christ. We have two more witnesses. Even Mary and Joseph were not prepared for the miracles, for they were surprised. The Lord sent two witnesses to the temple to meet Mary and Joseph and to declare him to be the Son of God. The first temple witness was Simeon. Notice that the witnesses are filled with the Holy Ghost, whose job it is to bear witness of Christ. All who have a testimony of Christ must have it through the Holy Ghost. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. Simeon makes a remarkable prophecy, one that, after Christ's death, is given to the chief apostle Peter to announce to the church. A light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Simeon, being filled with the Holy Ghost, has the spirit of prophecy. His news is filled with both joy and pain. We gain some insight into the great suffering that will come to Mary and the price she pays for being the mortal mother of Christ. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fallen rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The second witness in the temple is Anna, a widow of 84 years who spent most of her time in the temple. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asser, 
She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayer night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all of them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Luke 2, 25-38 All of the witnesses of Christ have been from people considered ordinary, who in fact were quite extraordinary and obviously worthy of their high calling, foreordained to be witnesses of Christ even before the world was created. The next three witnesses, however, present a great enigma. Sometime within two years, another event occurs surrounding the birth of Jesus. No Christmas story can be complete without it. It is the miraculous story of the three wise men from the East. Joseph and Mary had to offer doves, which reflects their humble circumstances. Led by the star of Bethlehem, the three wise men bring expensive gifts. We don't know much about the three wise men. They appear and disappear like ghosts, but leave a legacy that lies forever. Their appearance also leads to one of the great tragedies in history, the murder of countless newborn babies under the age of two by the evil Herod. Matthew records, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor, that shall rule my people. Matthew 2, 1-6 Innocently, the three wise men visit Herod at Herod's request. That says something about their importance. However, the lying, hypocritical Herod instructs them. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him also. Matthew 2, 7-8 Of course, history teaches us of the true intent of the bloody King Herod. The three wise men continue their quest. When they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. We also get a glimpse into the hearts of the three wise men, for they too have the Holy Ghost as their guide. Matthew informs us, And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Matthew 2, 9-12 The Lord also warns Joseph in a dream, and Joseph and Mary flee into Egypt, where they live until Herod dies. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, 
and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Matthew 2.16 The story of Jesus is often referred to as the greatest story ever told. Even at the birth of Christ, many witnesses were provided. Even the heavens and heavenly hosts bore witness of the divine birth of the baby Jesus. The fact that a baby born in a stable in the obscure village of Bethlehem should grow up to become the Savior and Redeemer of the world is surely the miracle of all miracles. It is understandable that many have difficulty believing the story of Jesus. No Christian can prove that it is true, and no scientist or historian can prove that it is false. It is beyond the power of man to validate it. But this much I know. It is not beyond the power of God to validate it. If you ask God in sincerity about the mission of Jesus Christ, you will know through the power of the Holy Ghost. There is no other way. Matters of such eternal importance can only be manifested from spirit to spirit. May God's Spirit be with you this Christmas day. Let me add that I know that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God and that he was sent to earth to save the world. He is no respecter of persons. All who come unto him in faith, believing that he is, and strive to follow him unto the end, will be saved. Have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.